Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Friends! Oh my gosh, welcome to the finale episode of Wild Confidence. I cannot believe we're already here, and I say that every season, but it's true. They just go by so fast. (laughs) Okay, so today is my 32nd birthday. Oh my gosh, how did I get here? I have no idea. But I wanted to share with you 32 things that I've learned in my short 32 years of life. These are things that are very personal to me and my experience. So I hope that some of them are helpful for you. I hope that all of them are helpful for you, but um, take what you want and leave what you don't. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's just hop right into it. The first, well, okay, let's, let me first just say that these lessons are not in order of learning them. (laughs) Some of them I learned 10 years ago. Some of them I learned last week. So just know that they're not like, you know, in perfect order. Okay. So the first one is that high maintenance isn't a bad thing. I talked a little bit about this whenever I was on Stephanie Mae Wilson's podcast, but you know, whenever I was dating, I always was told that I was high maintenance and okay. Maybe not always, but (laughs) a few times I was told that I was high maintenance so much so that it really like made me insecure. I really decided like I needed to want less and that was just so disappointing whenever I was told that because now when I think about it, I'm thinking about the things in my life that I love, that I take care of. I maintain those things really well. I take care of my daughter and my dog and my house and my car and all of those things really well because whenever you take care of something, whenever you maintain something well, it performs better. You have a better relationship with a person if you're you know, maintaining a relationship with that, with someone And it's just like, whenever someone says that you're high maintenance, move along because they just don't care enough to give you the treatment that you deserve. So that's the first thing. The second thing are how boundaries are so important. They truly, truly are. Um, I would definitely encourage you to put some boundaries in place with every single person in your life. It doesn't have to be, you know, hard boundaries with your most intimate uh, family, friends, spouse you know, significant other, but at least some boundaries are very, very important to keep your sanity. Um, That said, you are not responsible for someone else's reaction. If you have put a boundary in place and they don't like it, you're not responsible for their reaction. You don't have to make them feel better. You don't have to manage their emotions. It's very much up to them to manage their own emotions. And obviously you don't want to be ruthless about it and you don't want to be too harsh. You want to be kind, but putting those boundaries in place and understanding that you are not responsible for someone else's reaction to those boundaries, key life lesson. (laughs) Um, One thing that I started doing this year is getting regular facials, massages, and hair and nail care. Y'all, 32. And I'm just now getting that on a regular basis because I realized what a treat those things were. And then I was like, why am I not treating myself more often? Like I'm taking care of my family, my house, my daughter, my dog, my husband. And of course he's taking care of me too. But to me, 
I need to be also taking care of me. And those are the things that I do that is have really boosted my confidence and just made me a better, well-rounded, whole person in general. Um, so yeah, I started doing that this year. I can't believe that. I think motherhood really brought the self-care side out of me because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind every now and then. I really have to take care of myself. Like today, as I'm recording this, I had to take a nap because Goldie woke up at 5 a.m. and I'm supposed to be writing this book, but I was like, I really just have to take a nap. Like I have to. (laughs) And speaking of motherhood, the next lesson is that moms are truly the most incredible people on the planet. Like I, you can't convince me otherwise. You, You truly cannot convince me otherwise that moms are not superheroes. I tr- I mean, what? Every single mom I see, I'm like, dang, you're doing it. <laughs> look at us. What is that? Paul Rudd, I think he's like, look at us, look at us. That's how I feel <laughs> whenever I see another mom. I'm like, look at us. <laughs> um, another number six, if you will, I'm, I numbered these whenever I was making my list, um, is never stop learning. That one's huge. It doesn't matter what you're, you know, exercising your mind in, um, but never stop learning and tell people you love them. Put your pride aside, put whatever it is aside and just tell people you love them. Tell them why you love them. Tell them the beauty that you see in them. Tell people you love them. Another thing when it comes to failure and your relationship with failure is to invite failure to the table. I think that, you know, we spend so much time trying to avoid failure that we don't just take the lessons that it brings and move on. I mean, you do would not believe how many times I have failed. And at this point, I'm like, I don't even care how many embarrassing things there are of me on the internet. I don't even know how to take that EP down from Spotify that I made when I was 19. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? It didn't fail. It's, you know, it was well done, but it's not something that I, you know, like put on my resume, if you will. So just failure is such a good teacher. And I think once we can frame it that way as a learning opportunity, instead of a loss of something, then I think we'll be able to have a better relationship with it in general. Um, I'm also trying to go through these relatively quickly because there's literally 32 of them and we're on number nine. <laughs> um, So number nine and 10 kind of go together. Oh, and 11, actually. They are batch work, pace, schedule, and work to lo-fi beats. So let me tell you, let me just paint the picture of this. I batch work, meaning I do all of my like social media stuff on one day of the week, podcast recording on one day of the week, and in like, you know, I'll do, I'll spend some time on it for the next month or something like that. TikTok is a little bit less like that because you have to keep up with so many changing trends. But as far as like Instagram goes, batch work is key. And I always listen to lo-fi beats on Spotify whenever I'm working because it just, I don't know, keeps me calm, keeps me focused. I love it. And then pace scheduling. That's what I do for writing. So I look at the due date of the project and then I work backwards from there always leaving cushion room and time for me to make up the work if I feel like I haven't um, like gotten everything I needed to do on my scheduled days. So for example, 
Um, my due date for this specific book is January 31st. My due date in my head is December 31st. So from December 31st, I've worked backwards and counted out what I wanted to do. I wanted to write 3000 words per week, which is 1000 words um, for three days. And that's how I like pace myself. Now, the reason that I set my goals so low and so long is because let's say Tuesday, Goldie has Goldie's sick and I can't work at all. I can easily move that 1000 to Wednesday and I still will get my 3000 words in for the week. And if not, I still have an entire month after my due date to really, you know, space out some, some work. So I really just try not to stress myself out. And I wish I would have done this in school. I think my mom really helped me do this. Like with summer reading, she would be like, okay, just read a chapter a day. And it was like, it may have taken all summer, but it was less overwhelming. And I think it was awesome. I think it was good. A good lesson to learn. Um, okay. This one is for my empaths. Number 12, don't assume someone is mad at you if they don't tell you. The truth is, is that it's on them to tell you. And if they haven't told you, then don't act, don't assume they are. They may even tell you with non-communic, uh, non what is it? Nonverbal communication. That's what I'm trying to say. They may like, you may know that they're mad at you, but if they don't tell you, then it's not your responsibility to walk on those eggshells. So you be you. And if they want to talk about it, they'll talk about it. If they don't, it's on them. They're the prisoner of their own anger in that kind of situation. Um. Oh my gosh. One thing that I've really, really realize this year is that art matters or how you express yourself matters in mine it's art it's writing is definitely creative for me but literally uh drawing painting even though I'm not good at it it's really relaxing to me and it's a way that I can express myself so it just really matters when it comes to your mental health and feeding your soul you know a lot of um, division has been happening in the last few years. And this is the next point. Number 14 is that the devil is in the division, whether it's political, whether it's, it, it really doesn't matter what it is. It's from the enemy. If you are feeling divided, it's from the enemy because we are called to be united um, under Christ. So recognize that if you're feeling any type of division anywhere in your life, recognize that that is the enemy at work and spiritual warfare is so real. Um, these probably feel like they're all over the place and they probably are, but <laughs> it's how I got how I listed them. Um, another thing is that you're not entitled to anyone's time or attention. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. You know, I believe in being generous with my time and attention, but if someone else isn't, that's not like, that's okay. I mean, I'm not entitled to their time or attention. So, um, it also just breeds gratitude whenever you think of it that way. You're just thankful whenever someone spends their time or attention on you because you're like, man, you could be doing anything else and you're hanging out with me or you're talking to me or we're working together or something like that. So you're not entitled to anyone's time or attention. Another thing that I really love that I've put in place is Brene Brown's sticky note um, analogy maybe or lesson. I don't know. You have five names on a sticky note of people in your inner circle. And those are the only people whose feedback that you take seriously, whether it's praise or critique, 
That's it. Those are your only people because they know you and your heart and they're able to filter through um, and get to the, you know, truth of the matter and encourage you or lead you in the right direction. So I love that. I love that she taught me that. Um, Oh man, my counselor the other day told me that everyone is doing the best they can with the tools they have. And even though my tool belt might be, might be more equipped than someone else's tool belt, that doesn't mean that they're not doing their best. And that got me good. Oh man, that got me good. And on the reason that I went to see her is because people were disappointing me. One person in particular, but we won't go there. (laughs) People disappoint. And that is why our faith has to be in God. That's why it's so important that our faith is in God because he will not disappoint us. One other thing that I have been working on, and it's very hard, but it's so good, is living unoffended. Like you literally can't offend me, no matter what. I don't even know how else to describe it, but it is so freeing. And I think that goes into like, also, you know, you're not entitled to anyone's time or attention. Like I'm not offended if you cancel plans because it's likely that it's not personal. If it is, well, then come to me and let's talk about it. And that's on you to do that. You know, now if I have an issue, it's on me, obviously, but living unoffended is so freeing. And it just brings so much peace. So I um, definitely think that is a really good lesson that I've been working on. And I think that's a lifelong thing. Like I'll probably be working on that forever. Um, Another thing, another number 20 is to care less about earthly things. And I don't mean material things, although that certainly applies, but I mean like earthly things. Like I don't care about Hollywood relationships. And I'm like, We shouldn't be caring about that. Let people live their lives. Why do we need to know who's together and who's not? Honestly. Like, I just, I can't get behind this, like, media thing where we turn people into animals at the zoo. And I'm just over it. And that's not just, it's not just that. But I'm just thinking, like, my gosh. When I see people argue in public, I'm like, there's such a greater purpose for our lives than these earthly things that we're so consumed with. Even, I hate to say it, but like even climbing the ladder, like I care about my job. I want to do to do my best and show up as my best. But at the end of the day, my primary goal in life is to tell people about Jesus and be Christ-like. So if I'm not doing that well, mm, I don't know. I think I'm caring about other things more, and that's not right, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and on you know, going into my next point, impressing people leads to emptiness. Um, that's just on period. Like impressing people is not going to get you where you want to go. Or maybe it will, but it's false. Like it's a false sense of fulfillment because again, people disappoint and like our audience of one is the most important audience and that's all that matters. And that this may sound like so hyper spiritual and that's fine if it does. I'm okay with it sounding hyper spiritual because I hope that that is the legacy that I leave behind, that I love Jesus so much and that you saw him whenever you encountered me and 
yeah. So anyway, I don't care whenever people are like, oh, I don't want to be over spiritual. I'm like, be over spiritual. Like, what, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I hope that you show me Jesus because I want to show you Jesus. And anyway, um, on that note, show up for people physically, if possible. Now you'd still need to pour from an, from a full cup. Like you need to be doing those self-care things so you can show up for people without resentment, without, you know, feeling entitled or feeling like they now owe you. No one owes you anything. No matter what you've done for them, that is your choice. They don't owe you anything, even if you have poured out your heart and soul for them. But still show up for people. You just never know how much they need it and how much you can be like Christ to them. Because your words, and this leads me to my next point, your words can change lives. Truly, truly, truly. I can't tell how can't tell you how many times words have been the things that I've hung on to when I need to get through something. Words matter. Words encourage. Words lift up. Words tear down. You know the power of your tongue. You've probably experienced it in your own life. Just keep that in mind. Every single time you open your mouth, can this, is this going to be encouraging? Um, also, yeah. So the thing, like whenever I'm thinking about words and thinking about our conversations that we have in the world and how a lot of people in the Christian <laughs> circuit, I guess, or faith get really caught up about the right and the wrong thing to do and who we should be. And I'm like, I wonder if God is like, maybe just stop arguing and go tell people about me. that don't know me. Like, I just wonder if God thinks that. I wonder if God's like, I hear what you're saying and I I see that you care about what the Bible says, but I hope you don't care about it at the expense of souls that need to be saved. You know, like God is, I believe like that God might be more concerned about you telling about telling people about him than being right in an argument. I don't know. That's just my two cents. We are already at number 25 and that says go to therapy. I don't know if you're in therapy, but I think that it is life-changing, specifically EMDR. If you have any trauma that you need to process, um, I was diagnosed with PTSD, have done talk therapy, did EMDR, and I do not, I'm not easily triggered anymore, um, which is incredible. Um, I just love that. I love that. I love therapy. <laughs> so go to counseling. I also did talk about this a little bit more in my specific journey with PTSD at um, on Wild Confidence, the t- the episode with Dr. Tiffany Tajiri. Oh, she's amazing. So if you want to know more about that, that's where you can find it. Ooh, this one kills me. This next point. Oh my gosh. Okay. Just because it's trendy doesn't mean it's stylish. Look, I cannot get behind some of these trends. I'm like, y'all look like fools. Okay. Just because it's trendy does not mean it's stylish. Like if it is from the nineties, maybe it needs to be in the nineties. Maybe not. Some of the stuff that's come back is cute, but I'm just saying, like, if you don't like it, don't wear it just because it's trendy. (laughs) And on that, on uh, my next point, start saving money. (laughs) I rent my clothes from Newly, um, which I you probably know already, but also I have like a little link if you want to do the same um, at AinsleyBritton.com/slash/links, but. I don't know. I just wish I would have started saving money and investing as young as I possibly could and not spending it on clothes (laughs) that literally just sit in my closet. And 
I wear workout clothes every day, so they never get worn. Um, but yeah, start saving money as much as you can, even if it's just like, I don't know, $10 per paycheck, like even the smallest amount and tithe. Oh my gosh. That just is tied in with that lesson. Tithe, tithe, tithe. Um, Ooh, this next one, especially for young people, college students specifically, don't get a dog. If your schedule doesn't allow it, do not make that animal suffer because you want to party. Okay. Don't get a dog. If your schedule doesn't allow it. Um, when it comes to like trying to find your passion and just doing things, I want you to try it all, try it all, throw noodles at the wall and just see what sticks. Just try all the things and just, it doesn't have to be high level. It can be low level, trying things out just to see if you actually have a passion for it to see if you want to do it long-term. And whenever you're trying to figure that out, think about what you, what did you love when you were younger? Are those passions still the same? You know, you always hear in documentaries like, oh, I've been doing this since I was little. I've been doing that since I was little. And I think that's true for a lot of people. I mean, I personally have been writing since I was little or just younger, like in high school. I wrote a book in high school and I actually still love that book. Like I would love to rewrite it and publish it one day. Um, but I never thought about being a writer until, you know, a few years ago. So think about what you loved when you were younger. Um, two points left. One of them is that there is sacred space in the waiting. If you're waiting on a spouse, if you're waiting on a job, if you're waiting on a dream, anything, there is sacred space in the waiting. I remember when I first moved to Nashville, I was lonely and it became one of the most spiritually propelling seasons of my life. And then there was another time that was, um, I think it was when I moved to Nashville. Oh, and whenever I was dating and waiting for a husband. I mean, I can't tell you how much I grew spiritually just because I was really focusing on the my intimacy with the Lord and just giving that waiting its sacredness. I think it'll help with the whole process. It'll help with the waiting. And last but not least, tell people about Jesus. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. You know, man, one of the things that I started doing um, this year to really focus on breathing life into myself or self-caring outside of those things that I told y'all earlier was with like the massage and stuff is um, when I mentioned that art matters. And one of the ways that I really love to express myself is through acting. I've been acting since I was five years old. And I love it. I love my acting school. I love my little acting class. We're tiny but mighty. And um, I just really appreciate that form of art. And um, I'm just so honored to get to do that every month. And whenever I was thinking about guests for this season, I really wanted somebody in the in entertainment industry with a little faith aspect, um, just as an ode to what I'm doing for myself to really keep my light and uh, Robert Craig is on today. He is going to take over the rest of the episode. I hope you'll hang out with both of us as we chat with Robert about his experience in the entertainment industry and what he did whenever God told him to wait on his dream. Y'all get ready. Robert Craig, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you today? I am doing fine and my <laughs> confidence is absolutely wild and good. <laughs> And streaming and waiting and rearing to go. 
I love it. I actually don't think anybody has uh, given a nod to the name before in their <laughs> greeting. So you're the first, and I, I like love to be to different. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I have, you know, given everybody a little bit about your bio, but can you tell us in your words um, what you do? Because I love to hear it straight from the person. No, sure. No, absolutely. Obviously, so, you do a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> I try to. Uh, so, well, currently, um, I'm producing a, a few movies, uh, kind of spiritually uplifting films uh, that are cause-driven and hopefully drive people to action to get involved to help where needed. And with entertaining storylines like Hollywood, um, but it just the twist is it's just cause-driven, social impact spiritually uplifting i don't want to just make movies that are entertaining i'd like to have uh, make movies that have a message that can help people in their lives yeah i love it well one <laughs> thing that i really love that is your production company says in its philosophy is that your films are not necessarily promoted as faith-based but some include faith-based elements like the importance of prayer the importance of church and that there really is a god and his son is jesus christ i think that that is so needed in the film industry right now and i'm just like whenever i heard about you and all of your work i was like wow this is so refreshing that it's not necessarily you know in your face quote unquote but it's absolutely there and available for just you know a different way to consume media that you're not on the edge of your seat not right. in a suspenseful kind of way but wondering if you're about to see something that you would rather not see <laughs> you know <laughs> absolutely you know thank you for uh, kind of pointing that out that's pretty important to me and that kind of goes in line for cause driven make a difference call to action um mm -hmm. I might live another hour or 24 years or 25 years or 30 years. I, I'm not sure. But the rest of my life, I've realized that it's more important for me to be used as a vessel or a servant of the Lord and helping wherever I can, wherever he inspires me to with, that, with whatever giftedness he's given me to try to help and build his kingdom. Because when I go to heaven and I look back, I want to be able to see that I did whatever I, I could to help. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 30 years ago, it was different, or I mean, even 20 years ago, you know, I've been a believer and a Christian all my life. But, you know, back then, um, you know, I just wanted to be rich and famous, you know, yeah. uh, a, a movie star, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the Lord put me on a 30-year journey because he said, no, you're not ready, Rob. Um but um, I'm ready now. Now my attitude is just like did a three six or one eighty. You know, I just want to do whatever I can for him through the films that we're producing. Okay, that is so interesting to hear you say that because I think that a lot of I don't know what glitters maybe is the fame, the rich and famous piece that you just said, <laughs> and that is so attractive to so many people. And it was for me. I grew up acting. Um, since I was five years old. And that was what I thought my future would look like. And now I look back and I'm like, I don't want any of that. That is actually not at all. Like I do not want the fame. I don't want this elusive thing that the world chases that thinks that is the end goal. So I'm wondering how you got there. Like, how did you come to that realization? How did that switch uh, flip for you? So I think that that's a process over time, as it says in um, 
uh, Romans 12, 2, you know, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It took yeah. me 30 years to renew my mind. <laughs> so to <speak. laughs> yeah. And to get to your question, you know, where I was 30 years ago and where I am now, the process that I believe the Lord took me through uh, was um, journeying and adventure in a pattern of failures and successes. Of course, I don't look at failures as a failure. Um, I, I realize that those are just learnings on how to be better at what you're trying to do and realizing that that's really what the deal is. That'll help you improve on what the next thing it is that you do in order to really, I think, be successful you really need to surround yourself with people that know more than you, because if you're just it and you trying to suppress because you think you're the smartest and you got people around you that don't know quite as much as you, then I think you're going to lose. But if you surround yourself in a humble way with people that know a lot more than you, which is not easy, hard for me to find people that are smarter <laughs> than me, right? Um, <laughs> And, um, you know, we're very thankful that the Lord is blessing uh, this film, even though we're not even shooting the movie. The movie, the title of the movie is called No Address, and we're filming in January. The title of the documentary is called Americans with No Address. We've already filmed 98% of it. And with the movie, uh, God's really been blessing that. We've taken the screenplay of, of the movie because uh, I'm really big on marketing and promotion, so, right? So we submitted it to hundreds of film festivals all over the world. And we've already won over 40 best screenplays from just wow. tons of film festivals. We've been officially selected and we're probably close to 90 now. Uh, and representing, I think, 19 countries. It's yeah. like, well, I think we hit a hot topic. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, we're writing a book on it, too. We're wow. hiring the, one of the country's leading um, authors in writing books. He's written over, I think, over 100 books. Uh, I think 15 of them have been New York Times bestsellers. Holy His name God. is Ken Abraham, a wonderful man of God, has written books on top leading figures that you would recognize. Um, so we're happy to have him on board. So, And uh, <laughs> we're also going to be writing an album. We're hiring one of the best um uh, music producers in Nashville we met uh, a week and a half ago to produce an entire album of 12 songs and we're very excited about that and so okay there you go <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah just a few things here and there yeah. just you know in your free <laughs> you know, time <laughs> what can I say how what inspired this specific topic I know that your work is action-oriented like you said and you do want to focus on on things of this nature, but why did you choose homelessness for these? I'm sorry, not project projects. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, uh, Proverbs 69 in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So my course that I believe God has let me down is the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And I didn't choose originally the this script on those that are experiencing homelessness i actually turned it down at the very beginning mm. but the lord directs our steps and it came back on my plate again and other things weren't working out you know you got to do your due diligence what's working what's not yeah and i realized i think that god is putting that on my plate 
Uh, but I think it's important for me to say that I didn't choose it at first, but I did when it kept coming to me. You know how the Lord works. It's like, okay, Rob, you want this, you want that, mm-hmm. but I really need you to do this. And so I, I give God the credit for steering me down that path of making that, like the two sex trafficking films that we were also producers of over the last year. Um, I I didn't choose them in the beginning. Yeah. They just kind of came my way. So maybe God just want because I'm so inspired to want to help people and build his kingdom. Maybe he's just going to be bringing us all these great scripts that the Lord wants me to produce with a team of great people. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So one of the things that you said earlier was that God, you've had this dream for a long time, but God asked you to wait. How did you, how did you take that? First of all, and then how did you, feel whenever you finally got the green light and what did that look like? You know, it's really weird because 30 years ago, I didn't know that the Lord was taking me on a wilderness journey at the time, but (laughs) now obviously I know. And over the last few years, realizing that, you know, I was wondering, Lord, you know, I I let, I know you let the Israelites wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Is it going to be 40 years for me too? (laughs) You know, I'm being funny. I'm kind of a comedy guy. Uh, fortunately for me, it was 30 years and it, and when I reflect back, I mean, it's, it's absolutely obvious. That's why God did not allow me to do movies first. And, and then, you know, literally every day I was going, is it time God? Is it time? But when it finally came true about a couple of years ago, and I resigned from my company last year and from the board, I was very inspired. I was overjoyed and things are working out with these films that the Lord's given us. So we are expecting God to do uh, some miracles here. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. I'm so excited to follow along and see all the things, all the things that you're doing. (laughs) My book is finally coming out into the world. I am so excited. I cannot wait to share it with you. But I do know that some of you have a similar dream in your heart that you want to write a book. Y'all, I can tell you how to do it. I can tell you how to do it in four months or less and you're gonna get it done and you're gonna write the book of your dreams. So if you go to ainsleybritton.com and click the field guides, there is one specifically called how to write a book. So check it out, get your book done in three to four months and bring it out into the world. We need your words, it's time. Let's do it together. Check out the field guide and let me know what you think. So what I'm I'm curious, like how your day-to-day work is when it comes to your faith, like how do you incorporate that into your day-to-day in the entertainment industry? That is a really good question because I struggled over the last couple of years with all the chaos that's happening in our country and the culture. And, you know, I had, you know, fear would try to set in and be silent about my faith. I mean, that you know, happened all the time, right? Because look what I'm doing. I know I'm going to be in the spotlight. What do I do, Lord? So I wrestled with that and I've come to the conclusion that I need to be bold with my faith. And, um, and I just told God, you know, it's like Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. No, um, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. 
What does that mean in all your ways? Acknowledge him. Here's what it means to me. It means everything I'm doing. Give God the credit. If I'm in front of people and someone asks me about what you're doing and it's an opportunity to acknowledge God, I need to do that and Mm -hmm. not fear the world, but fear God. And then he will make my path straight. What is he will make my path straight? What does that mean? Well, to me, it means he'll guide me through the mess. He'll help me hurdle the problems because I'm acknowledging him and he's honoring that. He's going to help me make that come true of what he put on my heart for these films to be successful and uh, to make a difference in people's lives. I'm glad you asked me those questions. Yeah, I don't mean to quote these verses. They're just like popping up in my head. (laughs) No, I love it. That's amazing. (laughs) And uh, I'm not good at like the chapter references and all of that. So I'm like, wow, I really need, I know what the, I know what it says, but I don't know where it says it in the Bible. Um, so I love that. And it challenges me. I'm like, gosh, I got to get better about that. So, um, but I do love to hear that because I think that it does, it is super challenging to bring your faith in sometimes in your day-to-day work, even not in the entertainment industry, even in, you know, if I had a speaking engagement recently and they're like, can you not bring the faith element in <laughs> during your speech? And I'm like, sure. But if they find me afterwards, there's no denying the faith element, you know, like that is 100% sure. part of me. So that can't be separated. But for this hour yeah. and a half, yeah, I'll, I'll not say Jesus, but uh, afterwards right. you're going to hear it. So <laughs> I can't control that part. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. So I'm just like, I love hearing that. And I love hearing your perspective, especially in such a saturated with the world's views type of industry. You're obviously making changes and you're making waves for the Lord. So um, that's, it's really just refreshing and amazing. And I love learning from you. So thank you. I'm thinking about people who might have a dream and they're not sure how to get there, or they just feel like the Lord's like, well, has some type of purpose that they haven't stepped into yet. And it sounds like in your 30 years of experience, you might have some wisdom we can glean from. So, you know, how, what tips can you share with us if we're wanting to like pivot in our career and either be more entrepreneurial or um, just obey our calling? That is probably my most favorite question. Because one of the things that the Lord taught me over the last 30 years is don't give up. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be to your listeners is whatever dream or whatever uh, goal that you have in life of what you want to do, but you're being challenged because you have a day-to-day job to pay the bills, but that's not Mm -hmm. really what you want to do. My advice to you would be do not give up no matter what. There's going to be challenges all the time. That's just normal. Don't, you know, like that, get that down. Don't let that get you down. Maneuver around the challenges, find solutions to the problems and surround yourself with people that are positive, encouraging and motivating. Because there are so many people out there that would love to tell you, oh yeah, don't do that. You know, you can't do that. Uh, Perfect example. I have 30 patents from several countries for inventions in the guttering industry. And I don't have a degree. I didn't know what I was doing, but I learned in the field, which is the opposite way of learning. So I was able to see what didn't work. And the only reason I bring that up is because I've figured out a way to do things that nobody else has 30 different ways because I didn't give up where other people had. 
So mm-hmm. if you come up with a concept or an idea, don't give up on it. Some of my inventions would take, you know, I go between 50 and 100, but I think it's over 100 ways that didn't quite work right, yeah. you know, in making an invention. I could certainly have given up, but there was something inside me that drove me, that told me not to give up, not to give up, not to give up. And so of those hundred ways, right, 99 of them didn't work. And I looked at them. This is the most beautiful thing. I learned how not to make my gutter guard 99 ways, 99 ways of how not to make it. That, that's what I learned. And then the hundredth way, you know, give or take, you know, it worked, right? Yeah. So my yeah. advice to your listeners are just, just don't give up. Yeah. What about the element of time? I know that a lot of people are like, well, I'm running out of time. What would you say to them? So if they're running out of time, the first thing that popped in my head, are they elderly people and they're getting old or they're, they're fist, they're, they feel like they're missing out on life. So they need to jump in it quicker. One of the things that I've learned in the last 30 years, and I'm still learning is to be patient <laughs> um, patient is so, so important. You know, several times I would do something now, but I should have waited, uh, to gather more advice from, you yeah. know, professionals who've been there and done that. I would, I would be patient if they feel like they're running out of time and use that as a catalyst for moving forward. If there are problems and there's challenging and you feel like you'd like to get this thing, whatever it is that you want to do done right away. Well, go ahead and, and do it, you yeah. know? Um, and yeah, yeah, just, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, I love that. So you wear so many different hats with all of your different patents, all of your different companies. I mean, you were like, I don't know, I haven't talked to anyone in a long time who is like, oh, you're such an entrepreneur that there's literally no getting around it. <laughs> like you are, <laughs> you seem like the blueprint entrepreneur, which is really awesome because I think that with that comes a lot of, honestly, you, you were saying something about patience earlier that you need more of it, but it takes so much of it to be an entrepreneur that I would say that you're incredibly patient, especially figuring out 99 wrong ways of doing something to finally hit that 100th and get all those um, successes along the way with that 100th you know, uh, way. Sure. So how do you navigate having multiple interests as an entrepreneur or as a person? I mean, you have done such a wide range of things. How do you just navigate all of those different ideas and things? Sure. No, that's a really great question because I, I the, what I've done in my life, I, I think it's generally different. Normally, if a person starts a company, typically they'll stay and doing that for most of their lives, typically. Um, I've been in primarily three different industries that are completely different. Yeah. Uh, the tree business, the gutter business, and the film industry business. I just think that I'm wired for being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have known that early on because I went to call, I went to four different colleges, majored in four or five different things. And as each year went by, uh, I didn't like that. Uh, uh, I didn't like that. But the reason I went to college is because that's what everybody does. You, you yeah. got to go to college. And I, yeah. I didn't have the right guidance in my life back then to where someone would be able to find that out and go, oh, Rob, you need to maybe try to do this. 
before I even went to college, I had several mini, mini businesses and I, I would always walk around our neighborhood talking. And this is when I was young, 16, 17, 18, walk around our neighborhood. Hey, is there anything I can do for you? Um, you know, uh, any kind of work around the place. So I, I think my the takeaway for that is for the learnings for people that might be, you know, listening to, to yours is maybe don't make the same mistakes. I could have fast-tracked a lot of this if I had guidance earlier on. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, I learned stuff from the five years in college, but, you know, if I didn't do that, I knew that I should have been an entrepreneur from the very beginning. Maybe I would have saved some time. Um, I didn't have any consultants back then. I wish I did. I, I, I you know, I think I knew it all back then. Uh, I would say over the last 15 years, I surround myself with consultants because I've learned that the more you can, more more information that you can gather from other people who have been there and done that, oh my gosh, you'll be so much better at what you do. And uh, Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So with my film industry, I've got several consultants in several different areas, several attorneys in different that manage different, different things to reduce my chances of failure and to increase my chances of success. So don't ever think like, you know, at all, the one, the, when the moment you think, you know, it all, that's when you're probably going to fail. You need to have a humble spirit. You might know lots about what you want to do, but you've got to have a humble spirit and go look and to find someone who knows more than you and glean from their experience. Yeah. Well, and I love that you do have a wider range, a wide range of experience in these different areas and fields, because I think that that is something that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wait, I kind of have that same thing where it's like, I've dabbled in this, I've dabbled in that, then you might have the entrepreneur spirit, entrepreneurial spirit. And like those kind of in I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, reflections of these are the things that I'm interested in. But sometimes when we think about that, we don't realize that we can make it a career. Like the things that we're gifted in, we forget that not everyone is gifted in these things. (laughs) (laughs) So paying attention to that, I think is also really helpful when it comes to just figuring, figuring it out is what are you gifted in that other people aren't for you? It seems like it seems like you had a lot of different skills, but those soft skills of being relational, being able to sell things, being able to be innovative and how can I just do whatever I need to do for the end result that is my dream. I think that that's such a gift. And some people who might see younger people do that might be like, oh, you're just ADHD or you're ADD. When really it's like, no, I'm just gold panning for my dreams almost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) Gold panning for your dreams. (laughs) But yeah. Oh my gosh. I just love it. Thank you so much for all of this wisdom. I'm, I'm learning so much because I think I have so many different interests and to me, they all play into each other, but for other people, they might not. So how do I kind of communicate that as well? Uh, Where can we keep up with the, you and your projects and all the things that you're doing? Oh, well, thank you very much. I would love it if, of course, I have several uh, websites, but I would love it if people would go to my website of our current movie because we're really trying to build a following. And that would be www.noaddressmovie.com. There you'll find about the movie. You'll find information about the documentary. 
you'll find information about the book that we're going to write. That, that's noaddressmovie.com. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. You have a great day. You too, and God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.